0: The Armchair Illini Podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the best online ticketing site you can find. Why? Well, because it pulls from every other available ticketing site to give you the best price possible. There's no need anymore to check out 10 different ticketing sites to find the deal you're looking for. SeatGeek basically does all of that for you. Not only that, but SeatGeek has a value system sorted by color to let you know if you are actually getting a good deal on your tickets or not. You can sort by best value, lowest price, and more. Now here's the best part. If you use code ArmchairIllinois, all one word, you can get $20 off your first order. So what are you waiting for? Attend your next unforgettable sporting event or concert by checking out SeatGeek today. Again, use promo code ArmchairIllinois, all one word, and get $20 off your first order. top of the key, driving, pull up from 15, and good! Good! Illinois is the Big Ten Tournament Champion.
1: Steps, steps
0: into the shot and ball. knocks it down. Chris Murray, three ball, no, tipped around. That is it. Illinois shares the Big Ten title. Welcome uh, to the Armchair Illini Podcast, Twitter Space Edition. If this is your first time with us on one of these, uh, we'll basically kind of give our reaction. We'll invite some of you guys to talk. We'll have a Texas Tech. Uh, somebody who follows them kind of give their input and their thoughts and uh, on the Terrence Shannon stuff. So yeah, Terrence Shannon commits to Illinois, which is super awesome. Uh, I know Michigan fans are heated and uh, I've already seen some, some good banter and and debate back and forth today between Illinois and Michigan fans, which is always wonderful. Uh, But yeah, Terrence Shannon commits to Illinois. That's the big news. Alex, what's your reaction?
1: Yeah, definitely. I was, Quite surprised because this all turned in our favor in a very quick number of days. There was buzz last week that um, Taryn Shannon was going to be a Michigan Wolverine. There was buzz that he was on campus. There was that picture of him and good old Hunter Dickinson having some food together. And there was a ton of buzz around it. And then there was some buzz that you know he would have difficulty with the transfer credits and he would have difficulty with the Michigan admissions Department and uh, there's a lot of uncertainty towards that, and I think Illinois, um, based off of the things that I've heard, they just kind of stuck with it. And um, it's always good in recruiting to not burn any bridges. So um, I'm glad that Illinois had that previous connection with Tim Anderson, obviously recruiting him to DePaul, where Terrence actually first committed back when he was in high school, and then um, you know they had him on an official visit with with EJ Liddell and Oscar Seaboy. I think it was 2019, uh, 2018, 2019, one of those years. So they still had that relationship and um Terrence Shannon is a piece that, you know, you like no we've never had this kind of an athlete. Obviously you think of Tevian Jones, but he never panned out to be, you know, anything at all. So it's 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 a really big big get. Uh we will talk to Tobias Bass, our guy who um covers Texas Tech Sports, he'll give us a lot of insight. So how this will work is sort of like how all our spaces go. So um, me and Zach will kind of talk to Tobias a little bit and ask some of our questions and, you know, Tobias will give a lot of insight and then we'll kind of invite our usual guys up. Um, I see like Omega, our boy Armand's here. We'll invite some of you guys up and and more and we'll kind of open the floor to questions and um, as always, keep it civil and let's keep this organized and let's have a good time. So with that, we'll invite Tobias up here and we'll get some get some talk going on. So one sec.
0: I invited him up. So, what's up? What's up, man? Hey, hey.
2: What's
1: up, guys? What's up, man? Thanks for doing this. No
2: problem, man. No problem.
1: Yeah. So um, this is Tobias. We wanted to talk to you specifically about Taryn Shannon and um, things regarding his play, you know, his journey and things like that. So um, just wanted to start off really quick. You know, what kind of player is the Illini getting? Obviously, we know a little bit about Taryn Shannon's game from back when he was in high school. He's a high flyer, um, shoots the three at a good clip. But what's his game been the last couple of years at Texas Tech and um, what's his development kind of been like in his time at Lubbock?
2: Um, he's he's a really really good athlete. Um, last year he shot the ball really well. I think he shot 38 uh, percent from three. So he's definitely improving his skill. We've always known him being an athlete. Um, he's a pretty strong driver as well. I, mean, I think he'll definitely be a good fit with you guys. Um, I think that'll even. I think you guys are going to get probably might even maybe be the best version of him because he's going to be really motivated. He's going to be really motivated to you know to prove have a chip on his shoulder because he was hurt all last year. You know this recruiting process that he's had this summer was actually pretty crazy. So I think you're going to probably see the best T.H. I've actually
1: seen. Yeah, definitely. I know he obviously, like most players, has NBA aspirations. Um, but I always was wondering, you know, Texas Tech was a very good team. Obviously, the coaching changed from Chris Beard to Mark Adams. Uh, but they did very well. You know, they, they competed with the top of the Big 12, which is a great league, and then made it to the Sweet 16, obviously ran into a Duke team. So um, do you know why Terren Shannon kind of decided to, to move on? Um, obviously he committed to play for Chris Beard, but, um, was there something in particular that sort of led to him moving on? Because Texas tech seems like a very good situation and obviously a very good team.
2: Um, you know, they're, they're a very good team, good program. I think it was just more probably of the development side preparing for the NBA. And then you're also just looking at his role. So you bring in Jalen Tyson, um, yeah, four dollars a week comes in. He still probably would have been. Oh, and Davion Harmon as well. So you look at those three guys, he probably would have still his role wouldn't have changed. He probably would have been a fourth option again. And, you know, for a player that's trying to he has NBA aspirations coming off an injury, that just probably just wasn't going to cut it for him. So from that perspective, I totally understand why he decided to leave Tech.
1: Yeah, definitely. And um it seems that he definitely wants a little bit more of a shot creator role. Um, And I think he might be able to get that at Illinois, especially with the youth that we have. And I I really like how you said we might get the best version of him. Um, But also you said that he had a bit of a back injury. I know he missed some time um, the early part of this year. And then um, he was probably dealing with it throughout the season as his, his stats kind of went down compared to his sophomore year. So what's kind of going on with that and it, it, does it seem to be like a long-term thing, or what's, what's the situation there? I mean,
2: as far as I know, that he should be fine now, or, or he'll definitely be ready by the time the season starts. I mean, he's a competitor. You know, he really wants to be on the floor with his guys, and I think that he may have even tried to rush it at time. I think that's why you may have saw him play a game here then sit. Play a game here then sit was because he was just trying to hurt him and get back on the floor. But by the time the season starts next year, he should be 100%. So I don't think it'll be anything nagging or anything like that going on with him.
1: Definitely. And um, obviously Texas Tech was one of the best defensive teams, um, if not the best defensive teams in the country. Um, Was Shannon a big part of that? I know obviously the team defense was very strong about what's he been like on the defensive end?
2: I mean, he's mean, he's a physical defender, long arms, super athletic. Like I said, I think you're going to see just the best version of him. I guess the biggest thing with him was he's always had the tools, 6'7", long arms, athletic. It just was a matter of him putting it all together. And at times, you saw flashes of that. But, you know, with the injuries, the role change, things like that, I think that he was never fully able to put it all together. But I think that next year, especially with him playing along, a, really, a great point guard in Scott Clark, I think you're going to see a really good version of him on both sides.
0: Tobias, man, thanks for hopping on. A question that uh, that I've kind of been thinking about ever since you brought up, you know, he really wants to get to the NBA, and we've seen Iota move from Illinois get to the NBA. Kofi Coburn's kind of trying that out this, this cycle around. Uh, what does Terrence Shannon need to do uh, at Illinois to really elevate himself to become a real, legit NBA prospect outside of just the intangibles of he's got a lot of balance, he's really long, um, just on the court, what are some things that Terrence Shannon has to get better at uh, to become a a, a real uh, NBA uh, coveted prospect?
2: For me, I think it's for me. I think it's two things. I want to see his volume three point shooting go up. He shot thirty eight percent last year. I believe it was on eighty six attempts. I want to definitely see him shoot it somewhere. Thirty eight percent is really good, but I want to see his attempts go up, probably. 40 more attempts, roughly, him shoot around that percentage. Then I also want to see where to put the ball on the floor and create for others. Because his handle has been – isn't improved, but I think he still needs to work on that. The problem as far as creating his own shot, because you see you've had a couple of players at Tech. They've struggled with that in college, and they've made it to the NBA, but they've also struggled with that as well. So if he can do one of those things, I think he'll make himself a lot of money. I mean, we keep talking about his size and athleticism. He could be a legit – Uber athletic three and D type of player. And I think that if he continues to work on his jumper and be able to put the ball on the floor just decently. I think even maybe add some floater, some more mid range jumpers to his game because his mechanics are a little odd sometimes when he pulls up for mid range jumper. So if he can kind of fix that around, I think he can make himself some good money and even play himself into, you know, definitely
0: being drafted.
1: Definitely. And um one thing I also wanted to ask was um obviously the Michigan Saga sort of came about the last couple of weeks and mm-hmm. then, um, he, it was, his name was in the transfer portal, I right. think almost right after the Duke came. So I was really curious if there would ever be any concern about, you know, kind of him being on board. Um, obviously I'm not too sure how much insight you would have towards that, but just the fact that, you know, he did enter his name in the transfer portal really quickly. And then, you know, in high school, I think during his prep recruitment, you know, he did de- he committed from DePaul. There's a couple of rumors about him being back and forth from things. Um, do you have any sort of insight on, you know, kind of what his character would be or things like that?
2: Um, he's a good dude. I mean, once he's all in with the team, he's all in. You won't have any um, issues about him being, you know, competing or being completely focused. I think that he just has a um, an interesting camp of people. And, you know, sometimes, you know, he's, he's still very young. When you have a bunch of, a group of people that, you know, they want the best for him, but you may have some people want him to stay, you may have some people want him to leave. When you have that mix, it's kind of sometimes what the kid wants, sometimes he's lost in translation, so I think that was a, uh, I think that's what we saw over the last couple of weeks, but as far as with the Michigan thing, that that story is pretty interesting. So he, basically what was going to happen was, if he was going to go to Michigan, he was going to be about a year back in credits, roughly. So what Michigan wanted tech to do was to keep him on scholarship throughout the summer so that he, so that he could take some, he could take as many classes as he could to help him cut that number down. Well, Adams and staff were like, no, they only have two scholarships available. We're not going to do that. We're trying to bring in our own guy. So that's where, when you saw the Hunter Dickinson tweets come out, that was what that was about. I don't know what they specifically told him, but you know, I think that was kind of a scapegoat way of them kind of you know not being able to get you, I and mean, because they lose recruits to you guys all the time, so I think that's more of what of what happened.
1: Yeah, I mean, they made it seem like Adams made it some sort of dirty deal, but after hearing what you said, and then there's another tweet kind of saying saying similar things, and I think Adams's daughter tweeted out yeah. something recently. Um, it doesn't sound like it's anything too unreasonable. Right. So glad that we can kind of debunk that. they they were they were pretty upset. So, yeah, do
2: Did um, I mean to just from a competitive aspect? I mean, sure, Michigan isn't in the Big Twelve, but there's no love and war at the end of the day. They're competitive. You know what I mean? So sure, there's some there's some integrity that has there. Well, there's a lot of integrity. Where, yeah, sure, you want to help the kid, but I mean. We're we're competitors, you know. There's a there's a chance Michigan could play Tech in some game next year, you know, during the season or maybe in the tournament. I'm not gonna make it easy, you know what I mean? I, I that's just me how I'm as a competitor. I wouldn't make it easy for them, so I don't think there was any foul play involved. I just think that it was just more of a strategy based thing. And what they were, I mean, what they're asking for was a lot to keep a kid on scholarship throughout the entire summer, so so he can help go to school with you guys. Uh, I'll pass.
1: Yeah, no, that's that sounds pretty unreasonable, and I think I w- a lot of people would give a lot to see Hunter Dickinson uh, make a trick to Lubbock, Um, especially after <laughs> how that Chris <laughs> Beard scene looked like. <laughs> yeah. um, that would be that would be some 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 great stuff. <laughs> um, so I think now Zach, go ahead if you want.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tobias, thanks for your time, man. Thanks for answering our questions. Uh, we're gonna open it up to you guys to ask Tobias some. Uh, Terrence Shannon related questions. If you have questions about Terrence's time from Texas Tech, what Illinois uh, might be expecting to get out of uh, out of Terrence Shannon, all that sort of stuff. If you have a question for Tobias, just uh, request to speak here, and we'll bring you up. I know we got a couple speakers up here already, but uh, if you got a question for Tobias, go ahead and uh, request to speak or uh, start asking your question.
3: I'll go first. It's not really too Tobias, it's for to you guys. What do you guys what do you think the starting five will be for next year?
1: Um, I mean, we'll get to that detailed in a sec. I don't wanna have Tobias kind of sitting here while we're talking about the Illinois starting five for sure. sure but so. um I do think Terry Shannon will start, spoiler alert. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I do think um, you know, obviously Coleman Hawkins, given that another domino doesn't fall. I think Coleman Hawkins, Terrence Shannon and RJ Melendez are three for sure bets to start. Um, We'll see what kind of happens if Underwood decides to go for more of a veteran ball hander, like a Courtney Ramey Um, or, you know, if he's available and then we'll see kind of how Dane Danger goes throughout the off season and go from there. But appreciate the question, man.
0: Any other questions for Tobias? while we've
1: got him here. Seems not, so, so oh, somebody requested.
2: Oh, uh, Tobias, it's Armand here. Uh, you know, we've we've worked on some things in the past, sure. it's nice to hear your voice. But I just have a question about you know Terran Shand's fit in Underwood's offense. I know it's not really going to be, you know, at Texas Tech. That's not exactly. They don't have this like amazing scheme in terms of offense that's not what they're known for there but how how do you think he'll transition into what Underwood likes to run I know you know there's been plenty of Illini fans over the last couple of years that have kind of had it at times with the offense and how stagnant some of the 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 movement is so I'm just curious what what your thoughts are on that well, well I'll tell you now it's frustrating Is frustrating Red is They've been with you guys as offense. I guarantee you, it's probably not as frustrated as the Tech fans have been with their offense, even with beard and and post beard. But to answer your question directly, I think if they let him just, he'll just he'll be able to have a role where he's just playing more free. I mean, he can do a lot of things with the basketball in his hands. It's just I think that some of it was kind of hidden. So with you know him playing on the under, I think if he just lets him you know play his game and let him have a little bit more freedom, I think he'll have more success, especially like as far as him. You know, just attacking the basket and just angles in which he wants to do it. Because this year they were playing, you know, it was too big. They were running like a lot of bunch of high-low stuff. Sometimes they were just in the way, so he couldn't even try to attack from certain certain size of the floor. So I think he'll have a just a better time of trying to score this next year.
0: Awesome, thank you. Any other questions for Tobias? All right, I think that's.
1: Mostly it, but thanks, man. I pre- really appreciate yeah, you doing real. it. And then it was awesome just getting your insight and then just keep getting you kind of on short notice. So I really appreciate you talking. Um Give Tobias a follow. Tobias, thank you for so much for your time, my man. You're no
2: problem, man. Hey, let me know whenever you guys want to come back on. I'm down.
1: Absolutely. Thank you, All man.
2: Right,
1: man. All right. So, Omega, we were kind of talking about the starting five. Um I gave you kind of my brief answer, but I do think – um sky clark is probably the slotted point guard for now um either sky clark or epps depending on health um and then rj melendez coleman hawkins and shannon will definitely be for sure starters Um, i'm curious to see if dane danger will be a starter Uh, obviously underwood likes to hype up the guys a lot but then also like who would be our big coming off the bench that's that's one thing to ask um, and then with that being in mind, will they go for, you know, a grad transfer big or some sort of guy in the transfer portal to sort of come off the bench? I know the NC State guy was being thrown around, Manny Bates. Um, but just having no no depth in terms of the big guys on the bench, that's kind of worrisome, obviously, with BBV entering the transfer portal. Um, so we'll see. But I think there's definitely three for sure pieces to, to go there.
0: Yeah, I think you're right on, Alex. Um, I, I I'm really excited uh, now to see what this team might look like once the once the fall rolls around. Assuming a lot of these parts are healthy, uh, just a really athletic team that uh, can run. Hopefully, will shoot the ball really well. Uh, I mean, that kind of remains to be seen, I guess. And that's a question mark for some of these guys, uh, whether they're coming from high school to make the transition to college, whether. Um, they shot well in the past and they, like Tobias said, maybe have some funky mechanics um, just excited to see a, a pretty brand new team with some fun, exci- fun talent to talk about and to watch uh, how that translates into team success and wins and all that uh, I think remains to be seen. But at the moment um, I'm more optimistic than I was uh, even like two weeks ago. So
1: yeah, definitely. I think, my sort of outlook for the team doesn't really change. I still think it's going to start off a little bit rough, um, especially given the youth. But I think if they can figure out, figure it out towards the end of the season, you kind of saw what Michigan did this year. Um, I think that trajectory is pretty likely. Um, we're asking a lot of unknowns to sort of step in. Um, that's why I think Shannon, getting Taron Shannon, was such a huge piece because he's a proven piece um, from a power conference you know that's pretty much the only known that we've had on this roster so far um obviously Melendez showed a lot of flashes but you're asking a guy who played an average of you know single digit minutes to arguably be your top one or two scorers you know you're you're counting on coleman hawkins um, who's had a, a bit of an up and down role and then obviously he said that weird stuff which we'll get to um in a bit but um and then you're asking a bunch of true freshmen to step up too so I really think at the beginning of the year um we'll definitely be a little bit rough. I think Terrence Shannon definitely lightens that load, but um I definitely think we'll we'll take our lumps at the beginning and kind of figure it out hopefully as the the season goes on because I do think the ceiling's very high, but Zach, what did you think about Coleman Hawkins's comments in that that interview there in the hallway?
0: Yeah, I mean if you're a Bulls fan um Maybe you'll, you've will you seen what's going on in the last 24 hours with Zach Levine's free agency stuff. I kind of felt similar about those two statements. Uh, kind of saying like, yeah, I'm committed, but like I'm going to keep my options open and kind of like a foot in and a foot out. Zach Levine kind of said something similar today about his upcoming free agency. Like, I love the city of Chicago, but I'm still going to explore all my options. It's a
1: business decision.
0: Yes, yes. And it's becoming very much that for these college kids, whether it's um, NIL, whether it's playing time, like whatever it is, like uh, the transfer portal is basically unrestricted free agency, but in college, which is uh, a completely new ball game. And, um, you know, I don't blame kids for keeping their options open, but at the same time, uh, I think the uh, I kind of laugh when I see people who put up like 110 percent committed and stuff like that. Um, because that can change in like two weeks, depending on um, you know who commits to the team, uh, what what the playing time looks like, uh, you know a whole a whole bunch of different factors. So I didn't read too much into it. Uh, it's just kind of how basketball, college basketball, is right now, um, and I wouldn't be surprised if we got some more. Strange statements later, too. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. I think, my thoughts on
1: <laughs> yeah, like gone are the days where we sign a class and you kind of get used to knowing them and then you kind of look forward to their trajectory for three years. Like, I think even last year, you saw Brandon Pajinsky's gone. You look at the class from two years ago, Miller and Corbello are both gone. Um, there's There's not a lot of continuity, and I think it's a good and bad thing. Um, I think it's good, obviously, for all the power towards the players. That's great, but then at the same time, like being a college coach would be miserable in this time. And I think Underwood kind of alluded to it. Um, just having to re-recruit your own roster, which sounds like sounds like hell, honestly. Just having to go through that and being having so much uncertainty. And then um, you know we can use it to our advantage when we get players where you can kind of use back channels to to land like a Sky Clark or even like a Terry Shannon, but. I'm sure it's going the other way towards us too, so um just being used to the turnover and knowing that even that we though we have the ninth recruiting class in the cl- in the in the nation right now, like who knows what that's gonna what that class is gonna look like next year will they all still be here? you know, you kind of hope for that, so um it's it's good and bad, but it's really like think I really don't know what's gonna happen, so that's my take on it,
0: yeah, I mean, and with this team too, like uh, Sky Clark's coming off ACL, right, and um, Terrence Shannon coming off a back injury. Like those are two, like a knee, in, knee and back injuries are like the worst <laughs> and things you don't want to hear about. Um, and you know, there is some unknown with that too. But uh, yeah, we'll see when when that when that time comes with this roster. I think you are right on though. Uh, your comment earlier just about taking lumps early and figuring out um, what the what. Uh, just figuring out your identity as you if, hopefully if, grow together.
1: If Dane Danger doesn't pan out, I'm going to start really questioning under what's credibility. <laughs> like the guy, the guy just has been hyping up every single person. Um, you know, obviously some have turned out, but not he doesn't have a very high hit rate in terms of the off-season hype. So, we shall see.
3: Like my, my comment when you bring up Brad saying, you know, hyping up players is I just take that as coach talk. I don't take that at like face value. Anything, it's one of those things where what, what else is the coach gonna say? This guy's not good, I'm just that's gonna throw him, on, throw him on the bench and yeah. never play him. Well, maybe with Brandon Lee, but he never hypes up Brandon Lee, so yeah, no, he
1: just says he's getting better. <laughs> so that's that's the kind of there's he's like still... levels, it's like the Francon, <laughs> it's like the Francon kind of thing where there's like levels to it, there's levels to Brad's cap. Um, because I mean, Brad was hyping up like Greg and Boyd Bodine, and then the guy was you know. I don't think he was even playing college basketball anymore. No <laughs> disrespect to him. But um, I think there's levels to it. Because he was saying, like, oh, Omar Payne's going to be, like, you know, shooting mid-range jumpers and saying, like, Mark Smith is Jason Kidd and all this stuff. So I think the dangerous stuff probably falls in between that and the Brad and Lee thing that you were talking about. So Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, we'll see.
3: You also did say that, you know, that Brad has to re-recruit everybody on the team every year. Well, do you think a guy like uh, Tim Anderson actually helps, makes it easier to recruit the team a lot better back?
1: Like, you mean just keeping your assistants? Yes, like
3: with the assistants who had recruited guys. Do you think a guy like T.A. staying until he eventually becomes the head coach, I hope he stays here for life, but do do you think that makes it a lot easier under Brad to recruit people back? I mean, yeah, I
1: think maybe that's probably even why Corbello had some struggles this year because Antigua left and he was the guy that recruited him, and um, that, that's the guy that he kind of felt most comfortable with. But, I, I mean, I think it, it helps, but I don't think it's the only factor. I think NIL has become such a important factor to it too. I mean, that kid who went to Miami who's getting 800000 And then that guy, Isaiah Wong, I know he just released something where he was like, oh, like, I didn't say that. I didn't mean it like that. But then he was like, well, if I'm not getting that, then I'm going to go somewhere else, you know. And then there was another, like, little post where a Wichita State transfer posted that he was transferring. And then um, a couple days later, he's like, I want to thank, like, the – basically, I forgot the name, but it was, like, the Wichita State version of the Illini Guardians and the like NIL group that like handles all that, and he only thanked them, and he didn't like say anything about the coaching staff, the campus, his teammates. He was just like, oh, yeah, thanks for the... Basically said thanks to the bag man. So that's becoming a huge factor, and it's kind of unseen. And I really think Mark Emmert, the guy who stepped down, did kind of a cruddy job because that is going into play at the same time as the one-time transfer rule, and you just have mad chaos. And just if you just kind of stacked like the release of these sort of components of the NCAA, if you like said, Hey, like, let's make the one-time transfer rule thing in, you know, 2012. And then five years later be like, okay, well, kids can make a, a living off of their name, image, and likeness. So these are all good rules, but just having them open at the same time, it's, it's mad chaos. So. Colin, you have your hand up, man. Yeah, so this is some uh, completely under, unrelated, but um, I saw a rumor that if Pete Nance would uh, draws his name from the draft, then Illinois is the lead dog. Is that, like, legit, or does anybody know where that rumor started? Yeah, um, I heard about this, too. It was kind of, kind of a random name, but apparently what I've heard is that um, Larry Nance Jr., Pete Nance's brother, Used to train with Tim Anderson, and there's some court of sort of connection there. Um, I don't know if Pete Nance will, you know, withdraw from the draft because I think ultimately that's his goal, as is with everyone. But I think if he doesn't want a two way contract, then he probably will leave Northwestern and look elsewhere, and Illinois would be in a nice spot. But as with everything, I'm more on the lines of when I see it, I, I'll, I'll, I'll believe it. So, but that's kind of what I've heard so far. And if he were to come, do you think that would push Coleman out? Like, do you think that would just piss him off to the point where he'd be transferring? Uh, based I think off those so. comments that he said last week. I mean, I don't want to speculate upon who's going to transfer and things like that, but I do think it would have an effect. Um, at least the vibe I got. Um, but I do think it's like it's an upgrade. I mean, Pete Nance was averaging. You know, fourteen and six, I believe, at Northwestern. Obviously, not a good team, but he's basically what Coleman Hawkins aspires to be. If that makes sense, so um, I'd be down for it. But I guess we'll see what happens. I don't know when, like the the date is for to take his name out of the draft and all that good stuff. But
3: thanks, Colin. I had those. I was going to ask those
1: questions as well. (laughs) Yeah, good question, man.
3: I had to have it down.
1: Yeah, Omega. Did you like the Bears' picks? I know so, you're a Bears fan.
3: Diehard. Uh, I like the first one. The second one is okay. I have not a clue on this third one.
1: Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, obviously, they need some sort of offense. But, um, yeah, dude, let's – we'll see.
3: <laughs> I See, I personally, when I saw the first two safeties go, I thought with the 71st pick, they're going to be selecting offensive linemen. So, within the fourth round, they select David Bell.
1: Yeah, but David Bell what... –
3: People have kind of cooled on
1: him because he ran like a 4-7-40.
3: Yeah, but I haven't personally haven't gone cold on him. I think him and um, Justin Fields would have done great together. But now I'm assuming with that fourth round pick, we're selecting an offensive lineman. That's just how I thought it was going to go. Because originally I wanted Pickens to get drafted with it, and yeah. I know he had that he was coming off that ACL tear. And then we selected the uh, the DB, and I was like, well, it's that's fine pick. And then we selected a safety in the next one, next pick, and I thought, well, it looks like we're building up the defense before we focus on the offense, which is an interesting take to look at with pulls and uh, Matt. I'm not going to attempt to pronounce that last name. I think it's a fine start. I have not a clue on that wide receiver pick from Tennessee, though.
1: Oh, they already picked? Yeah, they yeah. picked somebody named, like, Vilas Jones or something. I've never even heard of him. Yeah, oh, same. Oh, well, I, He's mainly a yeah, I,
3: teamer and a speed guy.
1: They're just drafting special teamers at this point. But Kind of gives
0: me Daz Newsome vibes.
1: Really? Man, well. Daz, I, Daz I think, Newsome. Yeah, go
0: ahead. <laughs> I had not heard that name in a long time.
1: Daz Newsome. Oh, God. But I think, I mean, the Bears are going to be rebuilding, you know, part 35 hey, don't say half.
0: that to polls though he hates when you tell yeah, him. yeah
1: yeah but whatever <laughs> dude i mean god dang it i mean the first two like free agent signs like larry whatever didn't pass his physical and then byron pringle is out doing donuts with this kid in the par- in the parking lot like uh
3: i football. see with that whole brian pringle thing i don't think anything's gonna come up of it yeah. because there's People have done so much worse things oh, true. and gotten kicked oh, absolutely. out of the NFL, I don't think Absolutely. I think Pringle stays.
1: He was just kind of doing something stupid as opposed yes, to like something majorly
3: like, stupid. <laughs> yeah.
1: But um but yeah, I don't I we'll see what happens. Football, uh, it's another way to get my blood boil, but we'll see. Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah. Has Kirby Joseph been drafted yet? Anybody know?
0: That's a good question. So.
1: Um I think he was like ranging from like four to seven. I haven't really been keeping up with it since we started. So I guess we'll probably end this in a little bit just so we can see if he does. But that'd be cool. I hope he goes to like the Cowboys or something. That'd be like a good fit for him.
3: The last two teams from what I saw he was getting talked to and you know uh worked out with was Indianapolis and oh, the Jets. Yeah.
1: yeah, watch him go to like the Texans and play oh, for Lovey yeah. Smith.
3: <laughs> and I love love
1: Lovey puts him at like wide receiver and <laughs> <It> just <laughs> But, anyways,
3: <laughs> I hope he, I hope he does go to the uh, Colts just so he has that closer hometown con- connection to us. Uh, just of so he's, course, like, closer I, to us. Yes, that's it. Just oh, okay. so, yeah.
1: Because I was gonna I was, say he's from Florida, so
3: yeah. But it's closer to Champaign, so yeah. It's One of those things where I'm not a Colts fan, but it'd be nice if he was closer.
1: Yeah, I kind of get what you're saying, but oh right. well right, can't wait to get to football.
3: Same, even though. But... The bears are gonna suck and hopefully and when my football's back.
1: <laughs> yeah, I
3: don't I mean
1: that's another topic. We'll kind of see how the, the spring plays out in the summer, but I'm not I'm not holding my breath
3: no, for year no, two. <laughs> no, I just I just want six wins. I don't want any
1: yeah, the Herculean I just want <laughs> effort. <laughs> where's where's our PD from two spaces ago? He said we can maybe make like a New Year's Eve game and I was like, dude, you're 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 tripping.
0: But, we haven't done a football space yet. Yeah, it's, uh, something uh, big needs to happen there where we, we can. Yeah, but
1: the thing is, nothing big know. ever happens. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair so. enough.
3: The last big thing that happened was upsetting two ranked teams, and then nothing. Yeah,
1: that's true. <laughs> no, it's just like they 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 did it, and then they just like pooped the next next week. Like the the Penn State game was so big, and then if, we had um, every single chance to beat Rutgers, and mm-hmm. then we lost at home.
3: Yeah. If only so. we had beaten Rutgers, we would have made a bowl game. And Rutgers didn't even deserve the bowl game they made, to; They got clapped.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember there was, like, a last-minute thing with, like, a 5 and seventeen or something.
3: Yeah, like, yeah. I think... Was it, like, Wake Forest? I think it was
1: Wake Forest. Yeah. yeah.
3: Their opponent backed out because of COVID. Yeah. In...
1: A&M or something like that. I think so. Yeah. I remember that thing. That seems, like, so long ago, too. I know. <laughs>
3: Man.
0: But well, thank you all for uh, hopping on our Twitter space to kind of break down the Terrence Shannon news. Uh, We just want to hop on here real quick. We had, uh, if you hopped in late, we had uh, a Texas tech guy in here talking about Terrence Shannon world bring to Illinois. If you missed uh, the beginning of this, it'll be up on our podcast feed uh, probably tomorrow morning. So you can uh, catch up on all that and uh, uh, we'll have another space uh, the next time something big happens. So, Uh, Thank you all for for those of you who had questions and all that sort of stuff. We will be back the next time there's some uh, breaking news uh, to talk about. So, uh, Alex, thank you again. Always a pleasure, my guy.
1: Thank you, and thank you guys for coming up to speak. Good job today.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, we'll talk to you all soon. Peace out. See ya. Dosumu, top of the key, driving. the Big Ten Tournament Champion.
1: Frazier steps into the shot and knocks
0: it down.